Welcome to the Maroon Monsoon, brought to you by Gila River Hotels and Casinos. Gila River bleeds maroon and gold and is Arizona's official sports headquarters. Now, here's your host, the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. A pleasant good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Maroon Monsoon, the Sun Devil Radio Network's weekly hour-long update on the latest developments in Arizona State University athletics. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of Arizona State Sun Devil football, men's basketball, and baseball. And it's my pleasure to serve as your host this evening and every Thursday night on our show. We welcome all of our fans joining us for tonight's broadcast. Just so you know, there are a couple of different ways you can check out our show each week. You can listen on Arizona Sports 98.7 FM, or you can live stream through the Arizona Sports app. we got a good show in store for you tonight, a full hour of Sun Devil conversation in which football and basketball will be the topics on the table with our two guests on tonight's broadcast. A bit later on, we'll be joined by the longtime head coach of one of Arizona State's most consistently successful programs, as Sun Devil women's basketball coach Charlie Turner Thorne will drop by for a visit. But to begin tonight's show, we're going to talk Sun Devil football with one of the rising stars in the college coaching profession. He's Arizona State's associate head coach. He's also done a masterful job as the Sun Devil's recruiting coordinator. And effective this year, he also is ASU's co-defensive coordinator, working alongside of former Cincinnati Bengals head coach Marvin Lewis in that capacity. We are excited and delighted to welcome third-year Arizona State assistant coach Antonio Pierce to the broadcast. AP, it's great to see you, partner. How's how's your health and that of your family? How have you managed as a group through this pandemic? Thanks, Tim. Appreciate it. Uh, We've been good. You know, we've been masked up, uh, socially distancing ourselves, away from everybody else and obviously you know been trying to have some football you know trying to have some meeting trying to be back to normal got the kids in school so uh trying to get back to normal but at the end of the day it's like everybody else you just take it day by day sure do and boy guys talk about getting back to normal we took a first step in that direction last week when we finally found out that we will have the start of the pac-12 football season coming up in a little over five weeks the weekend of november 6th and seventh, was there an added bounce in everyone's step in the program this week, knowing that at last you're soon going to be hitting the field and playing some football? Yeah, I think we're all trying to beat Coach Edwards in the building. You know, that's hard to do. Four thirty-five <laughs> o'clock. Uh, you know, everybody's kind of strolling around six o'clock. Guys are bright-eyed. Uh, the players were excited. Um, you know, they were you know excited to hear the news that we were going to play. You know. Six games and, you know, a possible seventh game if we can get to the championship game or so forth. And, and I think for our guys, man, they've just been working. You know, we didn't have anybody opt out. We didn't have anybody, you know, declare for the draft. Uh, we got a team that wants to play together. They enjoy being around one another. They, they, they love football. They're passionate about it. And that makes it exciting to go to work, you know, not just for, as a coach, but to be around players that, that, that love the game of football and around coaches who want to see those guys get better. So, yes, to answer your question, I mean, everybody's been up early. We've been here late. Uh, we're fired up. Hopefully the schedule comes out sooner than later. We can find out who we're playing. I think that's going to happen in the next 48 hours, more than likely, from what I hear. You got any inside info? Uh, a seven-game schedule, certainly one would imagine that you'll play your five Pac-12 South Division opponents, one crossover game with a Pac-12 North opponent. 
And then that seventh uh, final weekend is kind of a fascinating weekend. The first place teams probably to play each other in a championship game, and then it's going to be a wild card weekend for the rest of the league. Yeah, I, well, I know this. We'll probably we'll play somebody in the Pac-12, and it'll be a non-conference game. We'll have somebody <laughs> out, and 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 knowing knowing how we kind of operate around here, and what TV has done to us, and what they like seeing. You know, I'm sure it'll be a national game. It'll be a game that everybody's looking forward to in the week one in the Pac-12 to get everybody excited about you know, West Coast football being back. You know, the other uh, four power conferences they got started. You know, you see the Mountain West and the group of five, and those guys are going, man, look, it's just an exciting time for college football. You're watching Thursday night football tonight. You're, you're just seeing people there, regardless of it's fans or not. There's nothing like being around your teammates and your coaches and preparing for a game. And for us, you know, we're extremely confident that we have a good team here that can compete in the Pac-12 and hopefully for a championship. In that vein, uh, as you mentioned, several other major conferences have already started their seasons, the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12, and as you mentioned, the Big 10 will kick off two weeks before the Pac-12 does, uh, the weekend of October 24th. Do you think, AP, that uh, the seven-game Pac-12 schedule will be enough to potentially land one or maybe more Pac-12 teams in a college football playoff? I mean, and that's the goal. I think first and foremost, though, right, for us, we win the South. If we handle our business there and do it the right way, you, you get in the Pac-12 championship, and then you let the chips fall where they fall. You know, at that, at that point, it's out of our hands. But if we go in, into each week and just try to be the most dominant, physical, smart team that we can be in, and we're winning, and we're putting up the numbers, and Jaden Daniels and that offense, they're flying and high-powered, and hopefully defensively we're flying around and, and pitching the low-scoring games or shutouts, We'll see what happens, you know, come December. But first and foremost, you know, we just got to get our guys, keep them healthy, keep them safe, because that's what the issue is going to be, right? Getting getting by day by day, meeting by meeting, just making sure we have a full team there, that we don't have nobody that's out due to COVID or any other um, injuries or any other risks. Um, and that's kind of going to be our approach, you know, just take, it, take what we can control. And as Coach Edwards has said the last couple of weeks on our show, the one common opponent you're going to have all season long is COVID, correct? Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that's everyday battle. You wake up, you look at your emails, you just pray that, you know, no player was contacted around somebody with high risk contact, and they're out 14 days. And, and look, that's – you see it. You see it. You saw an NFL team, you know, get postponed um, because of COVID. And it's happened in college, you know. And I think for us, we've been, we've been pretty safe. We've been pretty smart around here the last, you know, few months that we've been back. And guys have taken it serious, you know, washing hands, the masks. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, we only control what we can control. And if they do a good job of staying in our bubble, right, just staying in our bubble and just focus on the main thing, we'll be fine. Yeah, you mentioned that NFL game, uh, the Tennessee Titans-Pittsburgh uh, Steelers game has now been pushed back to later in the season after five Titan players uh, contracted the coronavirus. And uh, we're sad to say uh, and keeping in, in, in our prayers uh, a former Sun Devil, uh, your tight end last year, Tommy Hudson, who was on the Titans practice squad, was one of the five Titan players who uh, who tested positive. Yeah, yeah, that's you know you don't want to hear that for any player, especially not a former Sun Devil, and uh, you're wishing all of them the best and, and praying for them. Uh, but it just lets you know, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. The NFL has all these protocols and ways to do it the titans had a big game and then the next thing you hear on monday you know they got several guys and then it keeps adding um, but i think if you just you know you prepare for it i think for us 
we got to get our ones ready, right? We got to get our starters ready. But more importantly, we got to keep our backups and our third team just as prepared because you never know what's going to happen. You know, we might go in the game and knock on wood, it never happens, but we don't have Jaden Daniels. Well, that third and second string quarterback got to be ready. Mm-hmm. Certainly one of the game changers, I think, over the last couple of months was the implementation of this rapid testing uh, with the agreement the Pac-12 uh, entered into with the Quidel Corporation. That kind of uh, changed the whole ball game, didn't it, and made a resumption of, or a start to the Pac-12 season possible before January 1st. No, exactly. And I think we've been doing a great job. Ray Anderson, Dr. Crow, they've done an outstanding job. You know, we get tested once a week, our entire staff, everybody in our building, um, we get those results right away, and they've been doing a great job to stay on top of it. You know, our trainers, the doctors, the information that they're giving us. I mean, it's just it's very fluid. You know, you just can't assume anything. You just keep going, and then obviously now we're going to get tested every day. That's even better. So hopefully we have no slip-ups. We keep doing what we need to do when we're not around each other and protecting one another. You just mentioned the word fluid, and that to me must be – your mantra in terms of the way you, Coach Edwards, and the entire coaching staff have been able to maintain and operate your program over these last six months because data and information and developments change literally by the hour, don't they? Yeah, don't don't think you know anything uh, later on tonight. You know, after we get off this phone call, something else will happen, you know, in this interview. You you never know. And you just got to have your eyes open, your ears open, and you have to be able to adapt. You know, it's, it's very similar to a game. You know, you go through the game, you have a game plan, and then, oh, scratch that play. Oh, you go to another one, second quarter, that, that didn't work. Oh, well, hold on, that works. Oh, no, no, it didn't. And, and it's just like that. And then you just hope to get to the finish line. And for us, we're hoping to get to Saturday. We're hoping to get to game one on November, November 6th or 7th, and whoever we play in the Pac-12, ready to go with a full healthy team and staff. And we'll talk about your team and uh, your defense in uh, the next segment with you. But you talked about uh, the way you have to, you, you know, adjust on the fly. And as your as the program's recruiting coordinator, I would imagine you've almost had to reinvent the way you recruit kids during this pandemic, haven't you? What have been some of the challenges in that regard? And how have you and the staff problem solved to work out those challenges? And because you're doing a great job on the recruiting trail. Yeah, technology. Hopefully everybody's had a crash course on Zoom. We know what Zoom is now. Didn't know what it was at the beginning of the year, but I'm an expert at it. Um, you know, virtual tours, something I never thought we'd be able to do and get away with. Um, uh, from anything from academics to showing them around Tempe. Uh, not sure if you, you saw it, but we had our video that we put out on social media, which gave uh, recruits and, and people out there in the world what ASU football is about. You know, what it's like when you get on campus as a recruit in the process, and, and we got more videos that's going to come out. Uh, Radman, who's our, our graphic designer, has done an outstanding job of doing that and putting that together. And I think one thing about our staff, uh, just like we've been dealing with everything else, we just keep, we just keep, we just keep thinking of different ways, brainstorming, right? You know, and, and you got to have that mind where you're thinking out of the box. But then you got to go back to the main thing, and the main thing is about people. We're in the people business. It's about relationships. It's about trust. It's about integrity. You know, it's talking about it's about doing the right things for a student athlete, for what he wants for his future as a, as a student, an athlete, and off the field. And that's one thing that I think we knock out the park. You know this every week. You have Coach Edwards on here. There's not a bigger personality in college football than Coach Edwards. Not even close. When he gets on his phone, you're like this. You know, you're dialed in. You know, he gets you out of your seat. Your eyes are open. You're listening. And the rest of our staff, we feed off of that. And that's the best thing about it. And 
when we get everybody in one Zoom, it's very powerful. And it's been very powerful for us, especially recruiting on the East Coast, the Southeast. I mean, we're all over the country. And, and I was shocked kind of by the results that we got in the summer. But I, I felt it would happen. And then when it happened, I'm like, wow, okay, this is real. Now we got to maintain it and sustain it throughout the rest of the season to sign day. And Coach Edwards commented, and you just did, AP, that the Pitchfork has become a national brand now. You're recruiting nationwide. Are you surprised how quickly that you've been able to establish Sparky and the Pitchfork as a national brand of, in, in the recruiting wars? I think it's no different when you put a game plan together, you know, to play against USC. You know, you come up with a plan and you say, okay, how do you attack it? And you stick to it. And there's been bumps in the road. There's been some times we haven't hit a home run. You know, we struck out. But for the most part, we've done an outstanding job of sticking to the plan, sticking to the script of what we want to look like. Big, physical, tall, lengthy, uh, fast uh, defenders and offensive linemen and receivers and DBs. And that's that's kind of what we're doing. You look at the guys that are verbally committed to us. Um, I did think that we would get there at some point. I felt we did really well the first two years here in our signing classes when we had a full class of going out to California and Arizona and our footprint on the West Coast. Um, but like I talked about in February, you know, we wanted to get bigger. We wanted to get length. We wanted that height. You know, we wanted that mass. We wanted those big bodies that you see playing down in the SEC and in the Big Ten and in the ACC. And, and we're getting those guys. And uh, we might not have the, the best of the best yet, but we're going to constantly keep pushing that needle and, and pushing and pushing until we can make this bad boy just like every other program uh, that's around the country that's played in January. Boy, oh boy, you're on the right trail, though, with the re the job you and your staff have done on the recruiting trail. Purchase one Coors Light 12-pack or larger or one Coors Seltzer 12-pack and any 7.7-ounce bag of Circle K Favorites chips at your local Arizona Circle K. Then text HOMEGATE to 313-313 with register receipt to enter to win a grand prize Coors Light RV HomeGate experience, as well as other prizes. Visit your local Circle K to get all the details. Still lots more to come your way on this hour-long edition of the Maroon Monsoon. Besides being recruiting coordinator, Antonio Pierce is also going to be the Sun Devils co-defensive coordinator in 2020. And coming up, we'll get AP's take on that ASU defense and on this Sun Devil team. But first, let's take a timeout on the Sun Devil Radio Network. You're listening to the Maroon Monsoon. Now back to our host, Tim Healy. We continue now on the Maroon Monsoon, the Sun Devil Radio Network's new Thursday night program this fall that highlights Arizona State University athletics. I'm Tim Healy, your host, welcoming you back to tonight's show. Sun Devil head women's basketball coach Charlie Turner Thorne will be our guest during the second half hour of this evening's broadcast. But for now, we continue our conversation with Arizona State football's associate head coach and recruiting coordinator, Antonio Pierce. In addition to those two roles, AP, Coach Edwards promoted you to the position of co-defensive coordinator this past season, a job you'll share with former Cincinnati Bengals head coach Marvin Lewis. How meaningful was that promotion uh, at this stage of your rapidly ascending collegiate coaching career? Yeah, just put my hard hat on. Go to work every day, you know, and this thing, let the chips fall where they fall, right? And um, that's kind of been my approach the entire time here uh, with Coach Edwards, this staff, uh, with Gene Boyd and Ray Anderson, their vision, this pro model. Uh, and then to work on the side of my former coordinator, who I played for my second year in the league with the Redskins, 
Marvin Lewis. And when Marvin came to the Redskins, it was a big deal, right, for me. I'm a guy who watched him when I was in college coaching defense. I was one of the most historic and dominating defenses of all time in the Baltimore Ravens. And coached mm-hmm. linebacker by Ray Lewis. And all of a sudden now I'm getting coached up by him and was just with him for one year. But I remember, you know, picking his brain and just how diligent he was. And you knew right away we wasn't going to have him long. And by the end of the year, he was the Bengals head coach. And then, you know, long and behold, 20 years later, here we are together. And, and now I'm a co-coordinator with him. And what else could you ask for as a coach that's up and coming in this business to be with somebody that has the resume of a Marvin Lewis? Not from a coordinator standpoint, but who's been a head coach for 16 years? You know, who's been on committees in the NFL, who sees the game from a whole different perspective than a lot of coaches, you know, in college football in general. Not not coordinators, but just a coach. Because he's been at the top and he's been in those owners meetings. He's been in those tough meetings. He's been in those lockouts. So there's not too many situations. And when this whole COVID deal hit, Marvin kept just, oh, it was like this year, you know, when we had a lockout. And it was like this when this happened. It was like 9-11. And nobody blinked. It was such a calming presence about it. And that makes it such a blessing for me and our staff to, to have that with Marvin along with Coach Edwards. But just the knowledge that you get to pick off of him and then to have the opportunity to, to throw in my, my two cents, you know, and then put my stamp on his defense as well. And to do that together, hopefully it's a beautiful thing come Saturdays. I'm sure it will be. And uh, let's talk about that for a little bit, AP. How will your, your and Coach Lewis's defense compare and contrast with the scheme used by former defensive coordinator Danny Gonzalez, who is now the head coach at New Mexico. Yeah, I think, you know, you'll see multiple formate, multiple personnel groups. Um, you'll see four down. You'll see three down. Uh, you'll see five DBs. You'll see six. You'll see four linebackers. Uh, we'll be based off our personnel and what's available and who's going to help us win for that week. I think the key part about it, you know, when you come back with the resume for, of myself and Marvin and Herm is in the NFL, you adapt. You know, each week you adapt. You don't, you just don't stay stagnant and I think what you'll see from us is a group that will play zone coverage the good part about us we have some really really good DBs we got two really good corners that we really really like Jackie Jones and Chase Lucas they can play man coverage you know coach call it cat coverage go get your cat and then you know we got some guys in that secondary with Ashari and Evan um, Kiwan Markham you know those guys have done an outstanding job playing here over the last two or three years and we feel comfortable with our linebacker you know look at it Merlin Robertson and Darian Butler came in with me you know, I was a rookie as a coach, and they were, they were freshmen. And we did this bad boy together for the last three years, and we've been rolling, and they've been kind of anchor for us, right? Uh, Merlin mm-hmm. uh, had a, a fast start as a freshman, slow start as a sophomore, but he finished like he was supposed to and as a champ does all the time at the end of the season. Darren Butler is a rock, right? You know, he's, he's that rock. You can always depend on him. He is the, the pulse and the heartbeat of our team. You know, And then when you look up front, what we're able to do, and with Coach Rodriguez, the, the outstanding job that he's been doing just from a technical and fundamental standpoint is going to be light years of what anybody has seen from our defense and how they play and how they play with their hands. And Look, we're not where we want to be yet, you know, personnel-wise, but for what we have and how these guys are eager to get better every day and eager to learn, I think that's the most impressive thing that I would say about our group is that they want to learn. They ask questions. You know, they don't think they know everything yet. And, and that's beautiful to watch, man. So I hope you see an intellectual, fast, smart defense that's physical and that's dominating on Saturdays. Do you think your secondary will be the strength of your defense? Because you're, you're spot on. You've got some real talent in that secondary, both at the cornerback and the safety positions. Yeah, I think we're too deep. You know, I think we're rolling, you know, eight to possibly ten guys that can play 
and that we're comfortable with. You know, you hope you're not playing all your twos, you know, the backups, but, you know, they had to come in. We, we're comfortable with those guys. You know, they've played a lot of football for us. You know, again, my, my son transferred in as well, DeAndre Pierce. You know, he's started, you know, over 30-plus games at Boise. He has that. You know, he's played with these guys his whole entire life. So you just throw him in the mix as well. So, and then those freshmen, you know, Jordan Clark, T. Lee, Mason Williams, Ed Woods. Watch out for Ed Woods. The kids are going to be special. And you mentioned the linebackers, uh, Merlin Robertson, the Pac-12 Defensive Freshman of the Year in 2018. Darian Butler was your leading tackler last year. And Kyle Soley, the local kid, has a chance to be a starter for you this year. How do you feel about the linebacker group? Yeah, and you have a couple of good freshmen in that group too, don't you, AP? Yeah, I do. Listen, um, you know, Merlin, you know, it would be good when everybody can see him again. Talk to him today. Hey, man, how, how much you weigh? What you look at? 239. And I said, wow, totally different player. He has dedicated himself this offseason to the weight room, to conditioning, to his body. You know, obviously he's always had plans to play at the next level. He looks the part. Now we got to go do it. And he's practicing that way. He's preparing every day that way. Um, the guy that I think never gets talked about, and it's been funny since I've been here, and he's just been that guy, is Cal Soley. You know, Cal has mm-hmm. now put himself in position to be a starter here. Uh, reminds me of what the situation we had with Kalen Thompson last year, where – the year before, it's Tyler Johnson, and all of a sudden, I say, Kalen Thompson is going to be our starter. I'm telling you today, Cal Soley's a starter. Uh, he's a guy that's going to be a bell cow for us. Um, we're going to play him in the middle. We're going to play him on the outside. And you know what he's going to do. He's going to be that core guy. When you watch, go back and watch that Oregon game and how many big plays he had and big moments in that game, in critical moments, he shows up. He's Mr. Dependable. I can put him anywhere on the field and feel comfortable with him at linebacker. And those young freshmen that we got, and Caleb McCullough, the local kid, Will Schaefer, home run, home run. Yeah, thank you guys for staying home, being hometown heroes on that one. Uh, you know, he's going to be a stud. You know, I think the fan base will really love that. And and, and that's the thing that you got to – but the thing I love about that group is they, they push one another. When I brought those three freshmen here, I said, hey, your job is going to get those older guys. Go beat them out. And every day they try down, them older guys know, just like they did when they were freshmen, that it's burning turn. You know, there's the next guy up mentality. And that creates such a competitive – and and, and, and and this attitude and this energy and synergy in our in our meeting room where everybody knows, I can't make a mistake. I can't make a mistake because the next guy will be in. Exciting for you to coach your son. You mentioned DeAndre Pierce, a very good player, honorable mention, all-Mountain West Conference performer a couple of years ago at Boise State. Uh, what's that dynamic going to be like for you this year, AP? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think now he's used to it. You know, I've been coaching at Long Beach Poly. And he's always lived with that, you know, that, that, that last name, you know, being Antonio Pierce's son. But he's done a great job when he was at Boise, you know, playing football, starting for them guys, you know, academic, all-conference guy. He did it on the football field, as honorable mention. But here's the best part about it. He's been around these guys on our defense his entire life. You know, how many Jackrabbits are on this, Long Beach, on this uh, Sun Devil team? You know, right. so he's used to playing with Jones. They're the same class. You know, and he went up against Merlin and Butler and those guys. Him and Chase, Luke, Chase Lucas was in all-star games together. So you just plug him in. He's just like one of the guys. But for me, look, it, it's special. I'll be lying to you if I say anything otherwise. Um, over the last two years that I've been here, I've been running to go check out his game or spring game or anything I can see because I didn't want to miss that. I didn't want to miss that for my son. And now I have the opportunity to sit here and watch him. And if it's on special teams, if it's in the secondary, whatever you can do to help the team out, he'll understand that's his role. But – we did get a good football player, but as a father, there's nothing like having your son you know, next to you on a Saturday. 
Boy, that is a special, special thing indeed. Enjoy that experience this year because you'll never forget it the rest of your life. Before we let you go, it's always good to – so many of your players want to get to the league like you were an outstanding player in the NFL. And how about a shout-out to our buddy Brandon Ayuk, the Sun Devils' top receiver last year, the first-round draft pick of the San Francisco 49ers. He got his first NFL touchdown in the Niners' win over the New York Giants last week on a running play on end around. And he posted 101 total yards in that game. Yeah, yeah, he did it to my former team. I said, oh, come on, man. You didn't have to have your breakout game <laughs> It's right. my former team. I was kind of conflicted of what I do. Do I, do I root for, the, for my player, my former player, my former team? But you know what? Man, I was so happy. I, I text Ayuk when that game was going on. Because, you know, in week one, he was, he was inactive, you know, dealing with that injury. But you see what he come back. And that's what made Ayuk so special here at ASU. The ability for as a punt returner. The ability to carry the ball. The, the screens. Whenever you put the ball in the hand, something's going to happen. He was dynamic as a football player, and that's what's going to make him have a long career, and hopefully he stays healthy. Um, it was good to see him out there. Man, he was smiling. He enjoyed it. And, look, he's living out his dream. When we signed Brandon Ayuk, nobody talked about him. There was no fanfare. Mm-hmm. And he turned that into being the number one draft pick for the 49ers. That's an amazing story. Each week on the show, we're going to try to catch you up with uh, the goings-on and the doings of uh, former Sun Devils in the National Football League. And, of course, Brandon Ayuk making all Devils proud with his play last week as a San Francisco 49er. AP, it's always great to chat with you, my friend. Thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, Best of luck to you and your defense this season. Yes, sir. Forks up. Sun Devil defensive coordinator and associate head coach Antonio Pierce, our guest on this portion of the Maroon Monsoon. Say, fans, you have to order the Maroon or Gold Devil deals from Venezia's Pizzeria for a chance to win an awesome prize pack courtesy of Sun Devil Athletics and Coors Light. Visit venezias.com slash devil deals to learn more. Still more to come on tonight's show. Up next, we're going to shift gears and talk Sun Devil hoops with the head coach of ASU's highly successful women's basketball program, Coach Charlie Turner-Thorne. But first, this time out on the Sun Devil Radio Network. You're listening to the Maroon Monsoon. Now back to our host, Tim Healy. This is indeed the Maroon Monsoon here on the Sun Devil Radio Network. I'm ASU Radio play-by-play voice Tim Healy, and we're glad you decided to give us a listen this evening. ASU and Pac-12 sports will return to competition in a little over five weeks from now when the conference opens its football season, the first weekend in November. We now also know the start date of the NCAA basketball seasons, as both men's and women's teams around the country will tip off their seasons beginning on Wednesday, November 25th, the day before Thanksgiving. At Arizona State, the 2020-2021 basketball season will mark the 24th at ASU, For the winningest women's basketball coach in school history, the second winningest coach in Pac-12 history. With 504 career victories, 464 of them coming here in Tempe, she's led the Sun Devils to a school record seven consecutive 20-win seasons, as well as a school record six straight NCAA tournament appearances, a streak that would have reached seven last year had the 2020 tournament not been canceled due to the coronavirus pandemic. All told, she's led ASU to 14 NCAA berths, including three trips to the Sweet 16, two to the Elite Eight. She's a two-time Pac-12 Coach of the Year, and she's always one of our favorite guests as we're delighted to welcome Coach Charlie Turner-Thorne to the Maroon Monsoon. Great to see you, Charlie. It's been a while for me. Start by 
filling us in on how you and your family are doing health-wise and how you all have been able to deal with this new normal that we have to deal with here in this world the last six months. Yeah, thanks, Tim. It's great to see you. Um, you know, I mean, actually, I'm going to be honest. The the pandemic, from a family standpoint, was um, was a bit of a blessing, you know, a little bit of a silver lining. I mean, you, you know our coaches' schedules. We're on the super highway. We're traveling, you know, year-round, all the time, recruiting, recruiting, recruiting when the season's over. So um, I actually had more family dinners in this window <laughs> before yeah. school started in August probably than, you know, in, in the last 15 years. So that was really fun. Everybody has stayed healthy, um, which has been which has been really good. Of course, I have, I have two Sun Devils now. You know, I have, besides my, my girls, I have, Two two boys that are at ASU, and then uh, the youngest is still. It doesn't seem possible. <laughs> it doesn't a senior. Seem possible. <laughs> I have wow. a senior, so. Um, but no, I think you know, and and then from a basketball standpoint, just to shift gears a little, Tim, you know, it's. I feel the same way. You know, obviously we lost a lot of training time, but in some ways. I think it was okay. You know, I mean, we we tend to do a little too much. Sometimes and basketball is year round. You know, we go over every major holiday. <laughs> we're just we're the we're I think the only sport longer is track and field, and even they break mm-hmm. theirs up. And we don't. Ours is a grind, and you know our our, our players got a little bit more time off. Um, and as much as they're not getting to do certain things, you know, it really was seven of our fourteen players are new, Tim. So to slow things down, you know, because when we came back, no one was in shape. So we have, we've had to go really slowly, um, you know, as we started to train in, in early July. And you know what, that's felt really good um, because normally we're kind of here and I think probably learn some, some better, uh, some, some good, you know, best practices or new practices uh, moving forward. But um, just excited that, you know, looks like we're gonna have a season. Yeah. And you've always had a very family, a family type approach with your program. And I imagine for your girls, it's got to be great that they can lean on one another during this really, really difficult time. huh? I mean, how important is that? Right. Because you just I mean, every college student around the country is just not having a normal experience. Right. College is so communal and social and they just don't get to do that right now. And I could not be more proud of our team because we've had most of our team here you know, through July, August, September, now we're into October, and they have been, you know, flawless in terms of their protocols and staying safe and, you know, being able to kind of continue to train and and move forward. Um, I will say this, I was thinking about this. um, A lot of times I make the point with our players that the best players I've coached over my career are usually homebodies. Right. They pour everything they have into every day. And then really, by the time they get home, they just need to rest and recover, you know, and they just, you know, go to bed early, you know, watch a little bit of TV. They're not out, you know, at parties and stuff. So, you know, maybe maybe this is a good thing. I don't know. I mean, of course, now everybody needs to do it. I know our team's doing it. And, um, you know, homebodies is actually a good recipe for uh, for success, in my opinion. I think uh, I think you got you're onto something there, Coach, for sure. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk some hoops now. You're to me as I look at your team, Charlie. You're 24th ASU women's basketball team. 
would seem to me to be one that's going to create a variety of emotions within you. On the one hand, last spring, you had to say goodbye <laughs> to a tremendous group of five amazing seniors who were such a big part of your program the last few years. But on the other hand, as you just referenced, you're going to welcome in a seven-player recruiting class that is considered to be one of the best you've ever had at ASU. It's got to be, for you professionally, I would think, a challenging and yet really exciting time, isn't it, to coach a team with so many talented newcomers? You know, that's so well said. And just to back up, Tim, you know, I I don't know. I'll, I'll never I'll always have some sadness in my heart for those seniors because, you know, they beat the number two, number three team in the country in one weekend. I mean, they knew what they were capable of. And we were pretty injured down the stretch, you know, our last few games um, of the season. But that two-week window preparing for the NCAA tournament, we know how to do that. You know, we do it well, mm-hmm. and then we get hit the reset button, and then we, you know, we do well in the tournament. And, you know, we did, you know, we were going to get a pretty good seed. And, uh, you know, it was just too bad, you know, what it could have, should have for five amazing seniors. But yeah, this uh, this group that came in have been ranked as high as fifth in the nation. Um, and you know, that I always go, oh, that doesn't mean anything, that doesn't mean anything. But now having been with them for three months, they're good. <laughs> you know, I was listening to AP talk about his freshman. I'm like, yeah, I feel the same mm-hmm. way. And you know, you only have to say one name to know how much freshmen can have an impact. It's Jaden Daniels, right? I mean, mm-hmm. So like, and that's in football. So we're really excited. I mean, these, um, you know, I was a little nervous, you know, I was, a little, I was very nervous through the spring. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. But now that we've been with this group um, and actually, I'll, I'll, I mean, for all the football fans have tuned in and Jaden Simmons is a incredible freshman guard for us whose dad is Jason Simmons, one of our all time. It's kind of ironic. We, we graduate Riley Richardson you know, Mike Richardson's mm-hmm. daughter, one of our all-time greats. And then we bring in Jaden Simmons, point guard, um, Jason Simmons, who's now actually, he was with, you know, Green Bay for quite a while. He's with the Panthers now on their coaching staff. But um, um, she, she's, she just looks incredible. And the whole class, I mean, is just doing incredibly well. So, um, and in basketball, even more so in football, freshmen can have a huge impact, Tim. So, um you know, I th- we're under the radar right now, and, and we kind of like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but we're, the- I, you know, I'm I'm confident we're we're gonna, you know, this group's gonna be able to compete with every single team in this conference. In the next segment, I was going to have you run down the individuals, including Jaden, in, uh, in your freshman class. But uh, just to finish up a little bit on the point of those great seniors, Robbie Ryan. You mentioned Riley Richardson. She's not only the women's basketball all-time assist leader at Arizona State, she eclipsed Derek Glasser, who was the men's all-time assist leader. And then Kiara Russell, your all-Pac-12 forward, Jatavia Tapley, and Jamie Rudin, who, by the way, is a Pac-12 postgraduate scholarship recipient uh, from your program. How will you remember them collectively for what they did for you, uh, your program, Charlie? Well, four of them were four-year players. And then Jatavia Tapley, you know, an amazing impact as a grad transfer. But um, that 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 group, um, you know, probably accomplished the, the greatest weekend in the history of, of Sun Devil Women's Basketball, you know, knocking off the number two and number three teams, both undefeated, back-to-back in the same weekend. And I think 
you know, while we don't really define our legacy so much on wins and losses, I just think, you know, we were injured. We had a lot of, you know, setbacks. And I just think resilient, you know, resilient. And and like I said, they were going to make a great run in the NCAA tournament. I'm, I'm pretty confident we would have been in the regionals, you know, uh, regional mm-hmm. round. They just, they just, um, they knew how to turn it on. <laughs> that group knew how to turn it on. I wish they just kept it on. I'm not going to lie, you know, because we were kind of be on, on and off, on and off. That's what we're talking a lot about with this this new team. Like, can we just stay there? You know, can we just stay there? But oh, I mean, they could turn it on. Yeah, and they they were fun. It was a fun group. Yeah, different personalities, but just you know, a lot of a lot of obviously a lot of just maturity. A lot of great academic success, and you know, I think our fans and the Sun Devil Nation know just what 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 the, the you know the character was of that group, and they they could not have represented our program better. It was indeed a great senior class, but you know what? Charlie's got a pretty doggone talented team coming back here in 2020, 2021, and after we take a timeout, we're going to have her preview the uh, squad that she has coming forth for the Sun Devils this year. Tonight's broadcast of the Maroon Monsoon is brought to you in part by Lyft. Thank you, Lyft, for being a proud Sun Devil Athletics partner. More of our discussion with Charlie Turner-Thorne when the Maroon Monsoon continues after this here on the Sun Devil Radio Network. You're listening to the Maroon Monsoon. Now back to our host, Tim Healy. Hey, Sun Devil fans, here's a reminder that you can keep up with our crack radio play-by-play team on Twitter and Instagram by following at SunDevilPBP. We're winding down tonight's installment of the Maroon Monsoon. I'm Tim Healy, thanking you for joining us tonight as we continue our conversation with longtime Arizona State head women's basketball coach, Charlie Turner-Thorne. Charlie will have a team in 2020-2021, seven newcomers and seven returnees from a year ago, and Really, Charlie, you, you, as we said in the last segment, you're losing a terrific five-person senior class, but you're not without some quality talent returning to your club, but in particular, a couple of your top rebounders from a year ago. Sophomore forward Ebony Walker and junior Jade Van Hefty are back, and Ebony Walker in particular seems to me to be a young lady that has a chance to really blossom in a bigger role this year, a one-time Nevada Gatorade High School Player of the Year. Talk about her and Jade and the other returnees that you have. Yeah, yeah. They kind of split time last year, Tim. You know, Jade started every game for us and, and really, you know, brought that that defensive toughness and intensity. Um, you know, Ebony, I think Ebony just, you know, is – it's like you already said, she's just used to winning. <laughs> so, you know, she's a winner. And then, you know, you surround her with three or four seniors. You know, she did a great job of playing off those older players. So this will be a good test for Ebony this year, you know, to to now you don't, you're not, I keep joking with her, you know, you're not going to be surrounded by four seniors this year. You know, you've got to, and she's worked on her shot. Um, you know, we really, we're really working on our shooting. Um, you know, we're going a little bit different. Look, we're like, we got a lot more size this year. So, um but uh you know ebony probably was more of a 15 foot she's been working on her three you know and and but but just overall you know we we really i think the reason for our continued success tim is we do develop our players you know i think i have an incredible coaching staff and we just our players get better and we'll graduate a really the year before that we graduated four amazing seniors everyone thought we would be down and you know we mm-hmm. we usually aren't because we develop our players. Now we're going to have to develop real quickly with those freshmen, but Sydney Caldwell, 
microfracture surgery, getting healthy. Those two sophomores, we expect to step up. Honestly, our junior class is huge for us. You know, we've got Taya Hansen with Jade Van Hefty and Iris. Um, you know, those three in particular, you know, come in with the, you know, the most experience on our team and are very, very talented. And, you know, there's really nothing they haven't seen. You know, they played top five competition on the road, you know, been in, all of them have been in end of the game situations. And they're just, they're just, they know, they know it's their time. And they were hoping Jamie Luetta can get healthy, you know, um, mm-hmm. our other, our other junior in that class. And then we brought in a, a junior college player, uh, Gabby Bosquez. And that's a crazy story. You want to hear that story, Tim? Sure. She uh, committed okay. in a- or signed in April, didn't she? <laughs> well, she, she did, but, I mean, Angie, associate head coach Angie Nelp found her, and we were looking. We, we knew we maybe needed, you know, just a little more backcourt depth, right? Iris has been injured. Sydney's been injured. Like, we were just a little more backcourt depth. And we were talking to kids, and it didn't really work out, and, you know, it wasn't really a good fit. Literally the day before signing, the day before signing date in spring, Angie found this kid. And she, you know, I looked at her. She was, I, said, I said, I love her. She called her. She had already verbally committed to another school, which we didn't know, you know, because we like to respect that in our program. Mm-hmm. But we hadn't, we didn't know. We just said, hey, you know, she, you know, she just let us talk to her. And Angie's like, well, would you be interested? And she was, you know, she kind of hesitated because, of course, she, she was about to sign the next day with another school. And it was a mid-major, good program, you know, but um, she just said, yeah. And we did a Zoom visit on the signing date with her family. And then she signed the next day with us. And oh my gosh, late recruiting can really bite you in the butt. But this young lady is, man, a home run. A home run. Just, you know, just so on point as a leader, you know, as, you know, with her skill set. I mean, fitness, you know, everything you ask her to do, she does. So that adds a little experience to that junior class. Charlie is talking about Gabby Bosquez out of uh, Blinn College in Texas, a late signee and a good one for the Sun Devils. And she mentioned last segment about uh, former ASU defensive back Jason Simmons' daughter, Jaden Simmons, from uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Jaden averaged over 20 points per game for her entire career at Southwest High School up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Charlie, let's run down some of the other players in your uh, freshman class quickly, starting with a a 6'3 guard out of Kingston, Ontario, Maggie Besselink, rated uh, by ESPN.com, 23rd at her position in the class of 2020. What kind of player do you envision her becoming here? Yeah, she would have actually been ranked higher had she not been injured, Tim. Um, She is a positionless 6'3. She's probably about 6'4". Very athletic, strong, um, kind of three, four. You know, she can probably play anything from the two to the five for us. Um, she's going to get a little bit of a slow start. We did have to kind of fix her ankle, which we knew we were going to have to do. We were hoping we could get through a season, but it was bothering her. Um, so it's almost a better situation because she's going to have a fully healthy ankle for her, her freshman year. But she she can play everywhere on the floor. Um, I know that um, Team Canada really is looking at her on their Olympic team already, <laughs> you know, as a freshman wow. in college. So, yeah, she's she's really special and, you know, gives us just, I mean, 6'3", almost 6'4", on the perimeter. Um, Tim, you would, you've been with me all 24 years. We've never had that. 
<laughs> we, no. we don't even have 6364 in the post half the time. So we're excited. <laughs> well, you got a couple of good post players in this recruiting class as well, including a 6'4 center from Sydney, Australia, Imogen Greenslade, and a uh, post player from the Seattle area, Kel- uh, Keely Burton-Oliver, averaged 20 points and 15 rebounds a game in, uh, at uh, her high school in Sammamish, Washington, just outside of Seattle, and was the Washington 4A Player of the Year. Right. And then I'm just going to add Caitlin Levings, a 6'3 mm-hmm. uh, post player out of um, Oklahoma, because Caitlin's probably, like, right now, you know, slotted to probably be, from what we've seen, you know, just really ready. Um, Keely would be. Keely is actually um, coming off of a surgery. And, um, you know, we're, we're not really sure if she's even going to be available this season. We're keeping our fingers crossed, um, you know, and praying that she will be. But she really hasn't been able to train yet. But Imogen and Caitlin... That's going to be, they're going to be a huge part of anchoring our defense. And, and Caitlin mm-hmm. is going to be, remember how, how well Jamie Rudin shot the ball? Enter Caitlin mm-hmm. Levings. <laughs> wow. But she's also kind of handles it and has skilled like Jatavia Tapley. So, wow. um, so that's fun. And Imogen, you know, she, she can almost dunk a basketball. She's very athletic. Um, she was, she's a little young to the game, but um She's she's definitely going to be able to help us this year. So, and let's not forget to. your uh, your your guard from uh, the Portland area, Sydney Ericstrup, uh, a six one All State player from uh, Beaverton High School in the uh, Portland suburb of Beaverton, Oregon. Exactly. Again, six one guard. Okay, like since when, right? <laughs> so, and yeah. she's she's a true guard. Um, and she she is um, high energy. I mean, she's such a sun devil, just, you know, um, and she can really shoot it. So um, all all of the kids that we are brought in this year are going to play this year and help us this year, you know, knock on wood that they're, you know, everybody's healthy and stuff. Um, so which is what we needed, you know, because we mm-hmm. lost so much. And even though all of our returners are going to help us, too, um, with such a concentrated Pac-12 season that I'm not sure I'm allowed to talk about yet, um, you know, we're going to need our depth. <laughs> you know, we get no closed scrimmages. We get very few preseason games. We're just going to get thrown into conference play. So it's going to be baptism by fire, which it's all good. Um, but, you know, our depth is going to be a huge key. And uh, this, this young group, they're, they're going to be ready. Indeed, they will be. Charlie, it's always a delight to visit with you, my dear. Stay healthy. Thanks for spending time with us, and we're really excited to see your team play this year. Thanks so much, Tim. Go Devils. That's Sun Devil women's basketball coach Charlie Turner-Thorne. And on that note, that'll wrap it up for tonight's show. Some thank yous before we finish. First and foremost to our great engineer, Sean Crespin, for being our virtual technical guru. Thanks as well to Sean Mitchell of the Sun Devil Radio Network for his help. Our in-studio coordinator, our good buddy Cody Fincher, back with us. Special thanks to Nate Wainwright and Tim Cassidy from Sun Devil Football and ASU Women's Basketball Information Director Steve Rodriguez for their terrific help tonight. We'll be back next Thursday night at 7 with another edition of the Maroon Monsoon. We hope you'll join us. Till then, I'm Tim Healy saying so long, everybody. That was the Maroon Monsoon, brought to you by Gila River Hotels and Casinos. Gila River bleeds maroon and gold and is Arizona's official sports headquarters.
This Sun Devil Athletics program is an exclusive presentation of the Sun Devil Radio Network. Presented by MidFirst Bank.